you're listening to the Visionary Life Podcast. I'm your host, Kelsey Rydell. Each week, I'll bring you conversations with some of the most passionate, hardworking, and limitless thinkers on this earth who have a story to share, a brand that inspires, or a fire inside of them to live life on their own terms. The intention behind each episode is simple, and that's to include you in these conversations so that you can learn, apply, and grow in your own life and in your business. If I can share one quick secret with you before we begin, it's that we all have a little bit of visionary inside of us, but perhaps somewhere along the line, someone told you to play small, to play safe, and that led you to live an ordinary life. Tuning into Visionary Life will help you dust off the limiting beliefs you carry around so that you can begin to create your own most visionary life. It's in you. It's in all of us. Let's dive in. Hey, visionaries, welcome back. And I'm so excited to dive into another episode with you tonight or today because you don't necessarily listen to this at night. But I am recording this. It's about 7 p.m. on Sunday night. And as you know, I always release episodes on Sundays. And today's a little different because it's a solo episode. So tune next week if you love interviews. But today, you just have me. So I'm in Florida right now. I'm kind of on a working vacation. And for me, that looks like bringing my laptop, bringing all my books, and making sure that I get in quite a few hours of work every single day. But the huge perk is that it's a change of environment and the weather's a little bit warmer here because when I left, we had a full-blown snowstorm in Toronto. And, uh... I, I said to myself many years ago when I became an entrepreneur that I would love to work remotely, as in take advantage of the fact that I only need my laptop in order to get work done. However, things are busy around my my home office and around my co-working space. I've got so much on the go that it just doesn't necessarily make sense to be traveling all the time because it's really disruptive and I really like having a solid routine. I can get my best work done and the most work done when I'm really rigid and on a schedule. And so I haven't been taking advantage of remote working, uh, but I was feeling the itch in about October. So booked a trip. My parents actually own a place down here. So it uh, it's an easy trip for me to come down. I just pay my flight and uh, the rest is really just being here and we dine out and it's pretty chill. So <laughs> that's where I'm uh, recording this from tonight. Um... So yeah, again, it's just going to be a more chill episode and it's just me. So I hope you enjoy it. Now, I want to first start off by saying that a working vacation for me is still strict with my routine. As many of you know, I am an early bird back home and I am an early bird on vacation. So I am not the person to vacation with if you love staying up late and partying and not working out because that's what I love doing on vacation. I've been getting up at about 5.45 in the morning. My dad and I, my dad's also an entrepreneur. He owns a a countertop business. So we head out around 6 a.m. and we go to a local Starbucks, grab coffee, 
and then end up working for about two or three, maybe longer hours um, because we both have emails to do and just tons of stuff that needs to get done. So generally the days start off like that, sipping coffee and powering through whatever needs to be done. Then we'll generally come home, have some breakfast. And uh, at that point, I usually like to go for a run or I did hit up an awesome yoga class the other day. So I went over to a place called the yoga joint. So big shout out to them. It was a heated room and we did like crazy high intensity interval training with weights and with bands and with balls. And I thought I was going into a yoga class, like maybe I need to read the description of classes, but I'm ready for like some downward dog and some vinyasas. And there is loud music pumping. The instructor is yelling and we are doing a full on like dance party. And so anyways, I loved it. Loved it. I sweat so much. Uh, So that place is called the Yoga Joint. If you ever have a chance to try it out in Florida. And yeah, the rest of the day generally looks like swimming in the pool, walking on the beach, which I love because it's such a good workout, getting a few more hours of work in whenever I can find it, and the rest is pretty relaxed. So anyways, I really understand the life of a snowbird because it's pretty good. And at the end of the day, I'm very grateful to be able to pick up my office and move it to a place like Florida for a week. But um, yeah, it it hasn't always been this way for me. I haven't always been able to just take a week off in November and go work from a different place in the world, right? And some of you who are tuning into this podcast, you might actually only know me or have only tuned in since I've been a business owner. And that's been about three or four years now. But before that, I had quite a long stint working for other companies. And as much as I loved some of my jobs, I think that I always knew that they weren't the life for me. They were not my most visionary life, corny as that is, but it was very true. And I think I'll just start off this episode. This episode, I haven't even introduced it yet. In this week's episode, I am talking about mastering your mindset when it comes to social media and really addressing the limiting beliefs that are holding you back and the triggers that are pulling you into a downward downward spiral. So that's going to be the bulk of today's episode, but it is only about a 20-minute episode, so that's why I'm starting with a bit of a longer intro for you. So anyways, back to what I was saying. Um... You know, I, I spent a lot of time working for other companies. So I wasn't just the person who started a business at 19 years old and found success. I worked for other people until I was about 26 or 27. And I put in a lot of years uh, building up my experience in marketing and in sales and in human resources and community management and social media marketing. So I I have worked for many other companies in my career lifetime. But like I said, I always had this kind of gut feeling that it wasn't the life for me. So I'm just going to run you through four key signs that I knew I was meant to work for myself or have a flexible work schedule. So here we go. So number one, 
I really hated dressing a certain way. Maybe some of you can relate. Like, I do my best work in yoga pants, and so that's what I should be wearing every day, right? I do great work when I'm in a all-black hoodie and a toque. I do really great work when I'm in a bathrobe. And my style is just not what you see at like Banana Republic and what you see in these offices where where people are dressed a certain way. I just feel so trapped in those clothes. And when I have bought them in the past, I've put them on and just thought like, who is this girl? So office attire never worked for me. And it really bothered me when I felt as though I had to meet a certain requirement in the clothes that I wear because I don't like that shit. Like I'm edgy. I want to wear camo. I want to wear a big fluffy sweater. I want to wear a vest with studs in it. And that's the stuff that I feel confident in, Um, not these pantsuits with fancy blazers and collared shirts. I, I can't stand wearing that stuff. So that's one reason I knew I needed to be in business for myself. Another reason was that I didn't like showing up at a certain time. And I know that sounds so stupid and very privileged to say, but when I needed to be at the office for 8.30, it just, 8.30 a.m., I just hated having that boundary on me. It felt like someone took my freedom away. And beyond that, I hated that they said, you need to stay here for eight or nine hours straight. And in my head, I'm like, well, I I can't do productive, focused work for that long. Yes, I can sit here in a cubicle for that long, but you're not getting eight hours of productive work. And I realized very early on that most people who work in offices, they're not working eight hours a day. They maybe work three to four hours a day, and the rest of the time is socializing or being distracted or office party. And that's amazing. That's all fun and good, but I don't like that. If I'm in a workplace, I want to be working and getting stuff done. And so the combination of those two things, telling me when I needed to be there, when maybe I wanted to do a fitness class or sleep in, yeah, that didn't work for me. And saying you need to work eight hours straight when I work better in chunks, and I think 99.5% of people do, is working a few hours, going for some movement, working a few hours more, and then shutting your laptop, okay? Anyways... That one is a biggie for me. Um, Number three, I hate office gossip. That's a tongue twister right there. Being around people who bitch and complain and gossip is truly the death of me. And I find that that's what happens in office cultures a lot. And I really just don't like spending time with people who don't light me up and who have a negative perspective on life. Uh, But the unfortunate thing is that you cannot pick your colleagues, right? So you might be around people who are literally sucking the life out of you and you didn't choose to hang out with them. So it's not your fault, but I felt that very, it was very draining on my soul and on my spirit and on my entrepreneurial Um, excitement. So I would get home at the end of the day and just feel low. And in part, that was due to the people I was hanging around with. 
And finally, number four in why I knew I needed to become my own boss was that I wanted to work from places that inspired me. So I have been pretty lucky in my career path prior to becoming an entrepreneur that I got to work out of pretty funky spaces. I worked out of the Joe Fresh offices downtown Toronto at one point. I was an experiential marketer for a company, and that had me working out of places like Whole Foods and other big grocery stores, which I absolutely loved. I love being in grocery stores. And at my other job, I was part of a very small team in Canada, so we actually rented a co-working space. And so I've been very lucky in the sense that these places have inspired me, but In each of those, there have been these moments where I've needed to sit in more cubicle formats, and to me, that felt like hell on earth. Not being able to decorate it how you want, not being near a window, not being able to control the airflow. I cannot do work in those environments. I mean, I can, but it's not my best. And I I love working from places that are creative and innovative and where you can people watch. And so that's why I love working at coffee shops. That's why I pay for a co-working space. That's why I'm getting my own office right now that I'm going to be able to completely craft it the way I want to. And so just some of these are reasons that you might relate to. And it's not to say you need to quit your job if you feel this way. Uh, But these were some of the signs that I knew that every bone in my body was saying like, you got this, figure out what you can do to make money, make that transition. It's going to be hard. It's going to be rough, uh, but you can do it anyways. And I'm really proud to say that I did it. Before we dive into today's episode, I really want to thank Healthy Planet for sponsoring today's show. So as you all know, I absolutely love shopping at Healthy Planet because they are your one-stop shop for all of your health needs, right? You can go in and get everything you need for an amazing dinner. You can get all your beauty products inside there. You can also get all of your supplements at Healthy Planet, which is pretty awesome. So no matter what you need, you can stock up either in store by heading to one of their 28 and growing stores in Ontario, Canada, or you can go to Healthy Planet Canada Um, .com and they have an online store. You can shop by brand or department or sales, whatever you want. And you can use code visionary10 at checkout and you're going to save 10% off of any online order over $49.99. Okay. So go save that 10%. There's no point in paying more and you will save 10% at checkout with the code visionary10. I use it myself all the time. So I hope you'll join me in taking advantage of this amazing, amazing deal. So let's dive into today's episode, and it is all about mastering your social media mindset. Now, you guys probably all know that I'm a huge fan of social media. I have many consulting clients that I help to create a profitable social media strategy. I work with my clients, uh, my one-on-one private ones, and my visionary method group students on building their own social media strategy. 
And finally, in my previous roles, I've actually been the lead on a lot of social media projects. So this is something that's pretty near and dear to my heart. Uh, I know people have a love-hate relationship with social, but I absolutely love it. And I really want to show you today through this episode that mastering your mindset is really, really important in the success or the failure that you experience with social, whether you own a business or not. So I want to teach you in this next segment how to banish limiting beliefs around social, how to ditch the constant comparison, and to create your alter ego for the days when you just don't feel like showing up. So if you enjoy this episode, I do want to give you a head start on getting on the wait list for Visionary Social Media, which is almost ready to launch. So if you click the link in my Instagram bio, I'm just at Kelsey Rydell on Instagram, or you can head over to my website, KelseyRydell.com. You're going to find a link to my brand new social media course called Visionary Social Media, and it is the most comprehensive online course for creating a profitable social media strategy without spending 24-7 online. So as you guys know, social media is a very powerful tool that all businesses and all brands can leverage immediately to reach more customers, to increase their sales, and it's really never been easier to get started. Yet the resistance tends to creep in when you're ready to scale up your social strategy. You know, you're met with those thoughts like, where do I even start? Or which platform should I focus on? Or what time should I post at? Etc. Etc. I get these questions all the time. So visionary social media is perfect for you if you're feeling overwhelmed when it comes to content creation, you know you need a strategy, you want to create online campaigns using social, you need more ideas, and you just want the strategies to be able to do it. I got you covered, okay? <laughs> so you can head to my website or my Instagram, find that link. You're going to save 50% on the course if you get on the wait list. So go do that quickly before the price goes up. You can get the course for $97 as opposed to $197. And I cannot wait to hear your successes as you go through the course. So let's dive into today's episode all about mastering your social media mindset. And if you have any questions or you want to screenshot this episode, you can just tag me on Instagram, share it on your stories. I love hearing when you guys are listening. So enjoy and I will see you at the end of the episode. Social media will not be the answer to all your biggest business problems. But with the right mindset and with the strategy that you've used throughout visionary social media, the one that you've created, the one that's going to set you apart, it will be a massive core pillar of how you grow your business. Okay. So again, it's not the solution to all of your business problems, but with the right mindset, it can be a huge game changer. So in this bonus video, there's four things that I really want to address on a deeper level, because if you're not able to shift into that mindset of abundance and of feeling like you are, you're allowed to shine on social media and not let those limiting beliefs and those fears block you from showing up to deliver the message that you're truly here to deliver, then you're not going to be able to grow as quickly or as effectively as you want. 
So in this video, I'm going to discuss the limiting beliefs that are holding you back from success, ones that you're probably already facing and may not even be consciously aware of, and then I'm going to show you how to overcome them. We're going to talk about the triggers that you might be facing when you log on to social media that are preventing you from wanting to spend more time or energy building your social media strategy, right? We've all had those days where we leave social feeling icky, right? We feel worse than when we started browsing. We're going to shine a light on some positive experiences that you may have faced that can help you see social media as a tool for good, okay? We want to see it in a very positive light. Otherwise, like the gossip and the negativity around social can just drown out why you're really showing up. And number four, I'm going to talk to you about creating that alter ego. So that person that you really want to be when you show up to share your brand and your business on social. So let's kick off with the limiting beliefs that might be holding you back from social media success. Okay. The first one is that you feel like you have to do social media just like everybody else. Okay. But reality check for you. So stop what you're doing and listen. If you're doing it like everybody else, your customers have already tuned you out, okay? So the more you're trying to fit in, the more your customers will tune you out. Why is that? Because in this day and age, we are saturated with marketing messages through platforms on like social media, okay? We don't need another person who's posting a basic photo of a kale salad or a bikini photo with no meaning or a photo of an essential oil bottle that has no purpose to it, okay? So if you're trying to do it like everybody else and you're looking for what are people creating and how can I copy and what, um, you know, pre-made photos can I purchase, that is not going to work. So if you're trying to do it like everybody else, I want to break that down and tell you that's not going to be the solution to your social media struggles. The people who are experiencing rapid growth in their social channels right now are the ones who are doing it differently. The ones who are showing up and being uniquely them. The ones who are shining their inner light brightly and authentically. So ask yourself, am I showing up as my best self or am I just copycatting what everybody else is doing? Limiting belief number two that's holding you back from experiencing social media success is that you you feel like you can only show up when everything is perfect, okay? Now, it sounds funny for me to even say that because at the time of this recording, I've cleaned up this little space behind me. I've set up a professional camera with my husband. And yes, I did try to curate this scene. But on a day-to-day basis, This place is a mess and I'm showing up anyways. My hair is not usually done. I normally wear athletic gear and I I had to get over the fact that I was never going to be in a perfect state. That is not how I live my life and that's not how I want to portray it to you. So I needed to overcome that hurdle and show up anyways because even the days when I'm wearing my Nike sweatsuit, I still have a message to share. I still have a deeper why with why I want to grow my business, why I want to work with more clients, okay? 
So when you're waiting for the perfect moment to show up, to film that story, to post that Instagram, you're you're waiting forever because the perfect moment really never comes, right? You might have one day out of a month where you feel like so good and so on it, but that's a recipe for a disaster. In the end, we want the real you, so don't wait till everything's perfect. The very nature of Instagram is that it's instant. So we went through this phase of everything being curated, but now I really do believe we are coming back to a place where we just want it to be raw and authentic again. So again, if you're waiting for the perfect moment, time is gonna slip away, so please stop using that as a limiting belief Break that down. You do not have to be perfect to show up. And limiting belief number three is that you need a really comprehensive strategy. You need to work with an agency in order to begin and in order to be profitable. So yes, it's important to have some intention behind what you're doing, but you don't need a perfect strategy. What's even more important than a strategy is showing up frequently because we know that frequency breeds trust in your customers. So if you just show up more often and with more consistency, they're gonna trust you so much more than if you only show up when you have strategy in place, okay? Frequency breeds trust. So get sharing, even if you're not sure what your strategy is, you've gone through this workshop and you're still feeling a bit timid, I really want you to put this into action, okay? So we're going to move on to mindset shift number two, and that's making sure that you identify your triggers on social media, the ones that make you feel icky after scrolling. And I know you can all relate to that, right? We've all had those times of feeling really awful after we spend time on social media. So part of mastering our social media mindset is really around protecting our energy, setting boundaries, and fostering a healthy relationship with our devices, right? Otherwise, it's no fun for anybody. So I want to ask you this. How many times have you found yourself, it could be daily, weekly, monthly, scrolling Instagram and comparing yourself to someone else in your field who might be doing it better than you, okay? Maybe you are a holistic nutritionist and you're trying to start out building your nutrition brand and you're scrolling through nutritionist number 94 who has a beautifully curated feed and she's got the perfect family and awesome photos and great captions. Well, let's reel it back a bit. She didn't get there by creeping on everyone else and copying everybody else's strategy, okay? Creeping, copying, and not engaging and commenting, like that's a recipe just for a waste of time. Instead, spend your time curating and commenting and creating community and you'll feel a whole lot less icky, right? Social media was not invented to be a one-way conversation. You feel icky because you're just looking at what everyone else is doing instead of actually creating and commenting and building that community through a dialogue, okay? So again, the people who you're watching who are making you feel bad about yourself and the ones who truly have achieved success, they didn't get there by scrolling for two hours a day. 
So I really want you to think about when we think of identifying the triggers and then eliminating them is number one, what causes you to feel like lesser than or diminished on social media? Is it seeing people with the perfect body who are trying to sell you a fitness plan? Is it people who seemingly create all these beautiful food photos for their family uh, when in reality you know that that's probably not their life? Who are you following that doesn't bring you joy anymore? We need to curate that boundary of who we're willing to extend our social circle to. And what types of content are no longer serving you, okay? So if there is types of content that continually are making you feel um, just really bad inside, like, I don't know how to describe this feeling because for everybody it's different, but it's just feeling defeated, deflated, diminished after you spend time on social. Stop following those people. Stop tracking that type of content. It's not serving you. And on that note, it's so important that we protect our time and our energy that we're spending online. So if you find yourself logging on to Instagram or Facebook every hour, if you're constantly grabbing your phone and checking it, we need more boundaries. So at this point, you can find out exactly how much time you're spending on Instagram and Facebook. They have the analytics to show you. So you can actually go to settings, your activity, and look at how much time you spend online. And then right below that, you can actually set an upper time limit that when you reach that time limit of spending a certain amount of time on Instagram, for example, it will notify you and say, you've reached your time limit for the day. So set some healthy boundaries so that you don't find yourself wasting time when you could be creating something to give to the social platforms rather than just creeping and taking. Other ways that you might think of setting a healthier boundary with your social media so that you don't feel so icky about it is maybe not bringing phones into the bedroom or potentially turning your device off the moment you get home from work, before you even walk into the house. Or maybe you leave it on do not disturb mode when you're not using it, or turning the ringer off, turning all notifications off. The most destructive thing you can do is leave your notifications on. It's distracting, it's not useful, and it's something that we need to have a healthy boundary around. We don't need to see every time somebody likes an Instagram post, okay? Number three is making our social media a fun place to hang out and making it so that it's a positive experience for everybody. So if online time is replacing a lot of the in-person connections that we're having, the least we can do is use it for good, right? At this day and age, a lot of us are spending one to two hours on our social media platforms, and that's time that we could be going out with a friend for coffee or calling our grandparents or connecting with a long, uh, long-time friend. So... Social media has this incredible opportunity to bring a lot of good things into our life. For myself, personally, I have made some really good friends on social media, I've received free product through giveaway, and I've also grown my business and gotten the majority of my clients through platforms like Instagram and Facebook, which is 
absolutely incredible. So I'm using this platform for good. So it's important that we're always looking for ways to make our social media a positive place. That's going to fuel our positive mindset and vice versa. So don't log on to rant and to dump on people if that's not part of your strategy. I mean, there are certain people who maybe that's how they connect with their audience. But again, like make it a fun place to hang out so that you leave it better than when you logged on. Okay. Social media offers us this incredible opportunity to connect with others and it offers an incredible opportunity to foster deeper relationships with the people who are our target audience. So because this course is called Creating a Profitable Social Media Strategy, I really want to tie this into how can we create this amazing platform with positivity and making sure that it's a fun place to hang out, which in turn gets us clients. And there's so many things that you can do, right? You can run contests and giveaways. You can shout out all your favorite accounts as a way to spread positivity. You can post quotes and inspiration that feels good. You can surprise and delight your own customers. For me, one of the reasons I love social is because I've had a lot of these experience experiences where I've, for example, I get a weekly veggie box delivered to my house. And I love opening the lid of that veggie box and seeing what's inside. And so I'll often grab my phone and take an Instagram story and I'll I'll tag the company, Mama Earth Organics. And so one week my box comes and it's got like all these pre-made, beautiful, colorful salads, salad dressings, a box of falafels. And I'm like, I didn't order this. It's like double the amount of food that I paid for. And I pull out this note card and it says, Dear Kelsey, thank you so much for shouting us out on social media. That means the world to us. Uh, We wanted to thank you by giving you all this extra product, basically. And I felt really touched. And you better believe that I'm going to be a customer of that brand for life. So what can you do as a way to surprise and delight your community? Um, Even if it's just like sending private voice notes to people, that's an amazing way to just go above and beyond. The fourth way to master your social media mindset is something that I learned from one of my business mentors, Todd Herman. And his terminology is to create an alter ego, which encourages entrepreneurs to dream up an avatar to step into, even if it's not exactly who you are right now, each time you show up online, right? So if your mindset is like, I am not good enough, I have nothing to say, um, you know, I, I'm not confident enough to be sharing my knowledge on this topic, we're gonna stop right there, okay? Stop. How about we create this alter ego, and I do this too, where it's kind of either the best version of you or the, the persona behind your brand that you really want to make sure shines through, And the reality is you're not going to feel that way every day. Just like Beyonce, she doesn't feel like Sasha Fierce. So for those of you who don't know, Beyonce has this alter ego that she calls Sasha Fierce that she brings out on stage every time she performs. If she's sick before a concert, do you think she shows up as Beyonce? Or does she put on Sasha Fierce and say, I'm getting through this. I'm going to show up as if. Okay, so I want you to build out an alter ego that you will turn on each time you're working on your social strategy. 
each time you decide to show up online. And again, this is either going to be the best version of you or the one that has these character traits that are really impactful and punchy. Um, it's not to say that you should show up as somebody that you're not because that is not helpful. But it is helpful to say, you know what? Social media is an important part of my marketing strategy. So my followers deserve the best of me. So I'm going to snap into my alter ego and make sure that I deliver, that I over deliver, okay? And that you don't show up as a lesser than version of yourself. So in order to build this alter ego, and you have a page on this in your workbook, I want you to describe it. What are their personality traits? What's their energy like? How do they serve their audience? What do they know they're here to teach? And then you're going to think about how that version of you or your brand inspires others. Okay, why is it important to show up that way? And I want you to give them a name as well. So I hope that those tips help you to master your social media mindset. So again, the most important things that you can do are number one, identify your limiting beliefs and work to get through them. Number two, spot the triggers and again, look to eliminate them because those are not serving your social media mindset. Number three, make it a place for good, for positivity, for fun. Nobody needs another account that makes them feel like shit. And number four, show up as the best version of you, even if that means creating that alter ego. So share your successes with me. You can tag me at Kelsey Rydell. Uh, and use the hashtag visionary social media. All right, I'll see you guys later. Thanks for tuning in to this episode of Visionary Life. I love bringing you these conversations on a weekly basis. So if you could help me out by rating and reviewing this show on your iTunes app, I would be so grateful. You can also support the show by taking a quick screenshot of the episode and sharing it on your Instagram stories. Just make sure to tag me at Kelsey Rydell. If you're feeling stuck, uninspired, stagnant, bored, or confused in what your next step should be, it's time to take action. Please reach out because I would love to connect with you. I'll catch you in the next step.